Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boys, Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast, where talent is always the factor. Keith, baby, how we living, man? Oh, man, we, we living good. And then, man, college football gave us something uh real spicy to talk about, right? Yeah, uh, I think I, it, I think... It, they did it for you. They did it for you, brother. Like they did. This was a, a Keith Sanchez special here, man. Yeah, man. We we needed something. We definitely needed something in college football. And I mean, who else to get this thing popped off, right? Then uh, the goat Nick Saban going after a, a fellow goat, a you know a, a baby goat in the game. So we kind of got two two guys arguing with each other. But man, let's let's kick this thing off. Yeah, I mean they they arguing about money, and when we talk about money, just shout out to our partners over at Bet Online. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Keith, we talk, I just alluded to money and the game starting, right? So the game's... <laughs> Alabama, that's kind of, you know, Nick Saban's ruffled some feathers last night, right? He's getting the games going. He's getting, he, it felt like WWE. It felt like yeah. wrestling, right? He dropped a dope promo or, or, or a controversial promo last night. Yeah. And it was, I guess, he's deciding to ruffle some feathers because I feel like his feathers have already been ruffled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two in, in, in one season, right? This is the same coach that's never lost to assistant coach. Then in one season, he loses to two of his former assistant coaches. Um, obviously, he lost to AM Jumbo Fish, and then mm-hmm. he loses to Kirby Smart in the national championship game. So I, I think this guy, you know, he's been walking around a little angry uh, for the past <laughs> couple of months, and he decided to um, to unleash on, I guess, college football, and, and specifically Jimbo Fisher. And, you know, he mentioned uh, Deion Sanders also, but, Let's 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 talk about the Jimbo Fisher situation and just what Nick Saban said and and just how to interpret it. Nick Saban's basically that old man on the you know get off my lawn type situation right now. That's the way I I, I felt about it when it first initially happened. And what he basically said is he he's he's basically complaining about nil, which we've talked about kind of on numerous occasions here on the show, um, and. One of the quotes that one of the things he said is that he's basically said, man, he said we were last year in recruiting. We were second talking about Alabama and A&M was first. Um, he said A&M, who I believe has the number one ranked uh, top ranked signing class this year as well. He said, you know, A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for the name, image and likeness. We didn't buy one player. But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. It's tough, 
right? So um, he's talking about how they did it the right way. Alabama players made $3 million, um, and only 25 players were able to leverage NIL opportunities um, and things of that nature. And Keith, it, my initial reaction to this was, if this ain't the pot, you know, calling the kettle black. Like, yeah. I agree 100%. We, we have known, like, we, we, no one ever talked, like, really, you know, no one ever uncovered it, right? But we've known for quite some time that Alabama's been NIL before NIL was even legal. Like, let's right. keep it 100 here. And for Nick Saban to be out there, well, you know, there, and then he made the comment, but there's no parody in college football. You don't say, bud. You don't yeah. say. Because I swear, you've been in the championship or the playoffs or in that position for what? Well, well around a decade since being at Alabama? Like, come on, man. Like, it, it's just these comments are just like, it's very tone deaf to me. It's very like he doesn't hear what he's saying to realize what I'm saying is literally pointing the finger back at what we've done as a program illegally. Yeah, no, nah, I... I... I want to start with the parody point, right? Because you made a good point that, you know, he said there's no parody in college football. No, the issue is is that he's on the losing side of it this time, right? Mm -hmm. Because there were no complaints when Alabama were going back-to-back championships and, you know, five out of the last seven, six of the last nine, never missing the playoffs. I think they might have missed one playoff since the inception of the playoffs. Um, And then now he's on the losing end of those recruiting battles that he's used to winning, right? And and it, and it goes down to to players. So like I said at the beginning of this podcast, this is something that's been brewing. And what I'm saying is, is that, you know, I've been A&M um, heavy as far as what they're building as a program through recruiting, you know, since the inception of this podcast and before it. And best believe Nick Saban knows it too. So when he's losing those recruiting battles for like a, a kid like Walter Nolan, right? The number one defensive tackle in the country. Nick Saban is used to just getting that guy. But now with the implementation of NIL, guess what? You have some parity now, right? Because at first it was unfair. Like how do you recruit against Alabama, right? What, what do you tell a kid to convince him to come to your school versus going to Alabama? There aren't many things you can tell him at all. So I think now there's actually some type of parity. But Nick Saban is on the wrong side of it. And, and in that conversation, man, just flat out, Nick Saban broke code, man. And anybody who's around college football, worked in college football, understand the dynamics. Look, man, it's it's a it's it's a it's a risky business. That's all I'm gonna say. Um and 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 just for him to go on that platform and to go out in coaches, man, it, it was just a bad look overall because now you're you're putting players and you're putting coaches careers that line right when you talk about cheating right it's one thing if he just said with the nil um we can't keep up but he alluded to jimbo fisher cheating you know that that's one thing like it's one thing to tip your cap and be like you know what they beat us but it's another thing to say you know what they cheated us to get there like that that adds a negative connotation to what jimbo fisher and what AM is doing and i think that's why jimbo was probably pissed off the most right because you're you're tarnishing my name and my legacy, um, and, and that's something as as coaches that we we don't do, we shouldn't do, we've never done um, in the past. And it seems like Nick Saban is just a little bit angry. You know, he, he's throwing a little temper tantrum because, like I said, he 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 feels that he doesn't have the reins um, on recruiting like he once had. 
And, and to your point, what, what for me is like, okay, what message does this send to your players, right? Because one of the things as a coach you tell your players is being able to adapt in tough situations, whether it's losing, whatever, being able to adapt, stay on your feet, stay composed. And like you said, you lost to Jimbo Fisher and then you lost to Kirby Smart, two former assistant coaches of yours for the first time. And it's like, in the offseason, your your decision to pivot is pivot in a negative way. And like you said, br- and just break coach code and break college football code all together, which, like you said, Jimbo was pissed, right? And, and Jimbo, I'm going to hit one of his quotes. Some people think they're God. Well, go dig into how God did, did his deal. You might find out about a guy who a lot of things you don't want to know. We hey. build him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody who's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out what he does and how he does it. It's despicable. It really is. Keith, like you talk about spitting hot fire. Like he, though that right there was like legitimate anger. And like you talked about breaking code, it this is something that fans have thought has have said about, you know, Nick Saban. You know, probably some media folks who hate Alabama. Like, you know, we all know what they what, what they do and how they get these players. And, and Keith, I want to throw this point out to you. Nick Saban's throwing these things out and saying, oh, they're cheating and so forth and so on. My man, you went from Jalen Hurts to Tua Tungavailoa to Mac Jones to Bryce Young. Now you got a tight end that that a tight end at quarterback. I, I forget the young man's name. He's athletic as crap, big arm. Just like the the, the plethora of, of options that you have gone through at the most most important position at, in football, right? And then you look back at the couple of years, like you know, years ago when Alvin Kamara was still in the college. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, Kenyon Drake, Derrick Henry, and another and, and, and Josh Jacobs and all those guys, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. He had four first round receivers on the same team at the same time. You are able to stash players, and you're telling me. That Jimbo Fisher is cheating. Like, what are we doing, my man? Yeah, no, nah, I, 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 that's why I say I think this is crazy. Like, if they were two strangers and Nick Saban was accusing Jimbo Fisher of, of cheating, then, you know, I, I would be like, okay, that's, you know, not safe, but, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes sense dynamic wise. But you talk about something that can blow back in your face. Like, like I've always said, and, you know, I've read this quote before, and it's, it, it's, goes basically that your your potential worst enemy is your best friend. And that's because that's the, the person that knows the most about you, right? And just to give our listeners some history, like you got to remember these guys worked together at LSU. LSU before Nick Saban, their last championship before I think the 2003 championship was in the 1950s, right? But Nick Saban get there and then now they're, you know, perennial championship type program. So Obviously, they did some things, and I'm not accusing them of cheating, but they they were in the the mud together, right? Like they were in the grits, like they really they really built their program. So, I mean, if you're going to accuse Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher knows a whole lot about you. So, the last person I would try to throw rocks at is somebody that knows all my flow, all my flaws. I'm sorry, as a coach, and I, I thought yeah. that was the most interesting thing. But I'll also say this: I think that's why I don't think this is going to go much further either. Because what point are we going to get to, right? Are we going to get to the point where both of these guys come SEC media days are going to be, um, you know, pissed off with each other and now they're out in each other's business and how they signed this recruit and how they – no, like they they won't do that, right? So I I foresee this kind of 
staying in this stagnant lane. And I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Saban kind of walks back a couple of those comments because just quite frankly, like dynamics and just being smart and strategic and what he was doing, it just made no sense. Um, and then I kind of want to pivot, right? Because mm-hmm. you talk about recruiting and, you know, selling your program and being a master. Jimbo Fisher knocked that press conference out of the park. He hit a home run, grand slam, whatever you want to call it, right? Because this is what he was able to do. He was able to, um, you know, I guess, I don't want to say play the victim, right? Because it, there wasn't anything soft about it. But, you know, he was able to create the perception that he was attacked. Yep. He went back on the attack. And then you know what he did? He did a great recruiting job because it seemed as though he was standing up for his players and his program, right? And if you're a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid, what you're saying, like, man, that's the coach I want to play for because they're going to stick up for me. So I I thought he did a masterful job. And I'm more than sure, like I said, man, all of this stuff is strategic, man. Like, like Mm -hmm. a lot of it is strategic. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went into that press conference with that game plan that, you know what, I'm going to take this and I'm going to make this publicity into great publicity, right? Like, I'm, I'm not going to even just let it stay in the middle or stay stagnant. I'm going to multiply this thing times 100, and then now, Nick Saban, you're going to have to respond. No, absolutely. And, and, and like you said, he not only just made it about the players and just protecting and standing up for them, he brought in, you know, talk about their families and made it a whole, a whole dynamic, which was just, you know, from a marketing standpoint, it, it's, it's A1. You know what I mean? That's an A-plus yeah. Not just A plus effort, plus. execution, <laughs> yeah, A plus plus type of execution that he did in that press conference, and even, not yes. even just him, but you know, like like we talked about at the beginning, Saban didn't just take shots at him. He went he went after you know Deion Sanders and Jackson State, state stating that they paid one million dollars to uh, to get uh, you know uh, Travis Hunter, which was the number one ranked player in the country, right? Uh, I didn't I, think that was smart neither. That, that no, was it wasn't. Crazy. It, it wasn't was, smart. Can can we talk about all of the reasons why that wasn't smart though? Like, cause it's it's multiple layers. The first layer yeah. is like I just broke it down, right? With Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, they both know each other, so they mm-hmm. both have dirt on each other, right? Because they've coached, they've been, you know, like I said, in, in the battles together, X Y Z. Nick Saban and Deion Sanders, they know each other, but I don't think they've worked each with each other outside of what you you mentioned. Affleck Affleck commercials, right? right. <laughs> it be some lonely Affleck commercials after that, right? right? <laughs> but guess what? Deion Sanders is around football, and he has sons that that have just went through the recruiting process. And also, we have to remember Deion Sanders was just coaching in high school, so the you know he was the head coach, I believe, and then they had. A lot of top players there, like like first round pick Lewis Sign. I believe he was at that high school, so he understands the recruiting game. So he's heard the rumors, the numbers getting tossed around X Y Z. So my point is this: that Deion Sanders knows more about Nick Saban's business than what Nick Saban knows about Deion's business, right? Mm-hmm. So why would you get into that type of war going back and forth? And then the second point: listen, and, and we can call it what it is, but man, HBCUs trying to battle and, you know, come their way up in rankings and just the, the overall fight for minorities, um, you know, like that, that's a, that's trending, right? Like it, yeah. it, it, and so with Nick Saban, that was a bad PR move, bro. Like mm-hmm. we, you're, you're Alabama, you're talking about Jackson state. You understand what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. Alabama and you're talking about Jackson state. 
if anything, you should be trying to support Jackson State and try to get them to take some more kids out of Florida, right? So that way you don't right. have to worry about Florida or possibly Georgia. <laughs> right. But you turn that in on so many different levels, you you decided to make it about yourself. But you, like you said, and early on, you went so tone deaf on everything. You forgot who you were. You forgot where you were. You forgot who you were talking about and just the things that they can also say about you. So, Matt, Nick Saban is a very strategic, smart man, calculated, strategy, everything, right? Everything you can name of, but he dropped the ball on this one. He, he did. He dropped it. It rolled out of bounds, and it rolled out the gym. Because I swear, because <laughs> I'm like to to your point as well, Keith. I look at it from the aspect of from a recruiting standpoint. You you also give a Deion Sanders more ammunition going more into the home Agreed. of a five star kid that has Alabama on their short list, and they're looking at that five star corner that looks at Travis Hunter go over at Jackson State balling, playing on both sides of the ball, and not only. It's funny because people are like, well, he only he didn't go there for money. No, he he went there because it's Deion Sanders who was coaching him to be one of the, you know, he's already the best DB in the game, like in, in history, right? Deion Sanders is. So now you got Travis Hunter being learning from this kid. Deion can go into some other five-star home and tell him, like, listen, you're not gonna have to deal with that type of energy coming to Jackson State. Yep. Rather than you see how Nick Saban's acting, you know, bring that stuff into the recruiting, the, the recruiting, the whole recruiting, uh, uh, you know, tail and everything. Just when he's sitting and talking and selling himself and the program. It's like, listen, why should you pick us over Alabama? You already know nobody's going to talk about you being bought like property. And, you know, just the way the way he handled this, he truly gave ammunition to recruit against him. Nah, I, I agree 100%. And then, you know, it's like you said, going back to Nick Saban's quote, right? When we'll I talk about there is no parody in college football or, or NIL could possibly ruin the parody in college football. A five-star kid going to Jackson State sounds like parody to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what in any other circumstance would that possibly happen? And I'm going to just go ahead and answer it. It's zero. I attended an HBCU, walked on at an HBCU, the facilities, everything else, they are not comparable, right? And under these circumstances are the only circumstances that I can see. Now, if, if Travis Hunter, because that's the kid named at Jackson State, and Deion Sanders worked out a deal for that kid to make a million dollars, and he gets to play at Jackson State, and that's where he wants to be because he wants to be coached by the best top 10, arguably best football players of all time, great for him. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and college football is right where it needs to be as far as parity um it is concerned so man i i just thought this was crazy and then so the other thing i wanted to get into where does nick go from here in the sense of the fact of was this a admission of we can't keep up or is he gonna ramp things up like what what direction does he go from this does he apologize to jimbo or do they hash it out or like you know because we we have to talk about the 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 effect now right like he he did it and now we have to talk about you know what's what's the what's the um i guess the after effects of it mm-hmm. and so i just wanted to ask you what do you think that nick saban or where do you think nick saban goes from here as far as his his, his steps because he has a lot that he has to clean up man I, I i believe i read before we got on that he did kind of walk back 
uh, the comments and just apologize for taking direct shots at Jackson State, Dion, and Texas A&M and Jimbo. And then he just doubled down, like, you know, it's saying the NIL basically needs regulations. And it's like, my man, if you had just went into that whole thing last night and said, NIL needs regulations, some schools, like, you feel like it's a, it's a hindrance and, and it can affect things negatively. Cool. You can say that and it won't be perceived or it won't even be received in a negative light. Yeah, some people will be like, well, you're kind of complaining, but it's like, okay, we all understand that. Yeah, it, it does. Like, we do need some regulations to NIL because you're hearing about boosters having got before kids hit the transfer portal, they're already contacting these kids, which is illegal tampering and stuff like that. So you want to, you know, they're trying to put in rules in place to stop that from happening or whatever before a kid actually says, hey, I'm entering the portal, but I think for Nick Saban, man, he, he's he's just gonna have to he's gonna have to eat this, right? He yeah, walk he walked the comments back and everything, but it's out there, right? So now it's like okay, all eyes are gonna be on that. I think it's October eighth game, you know, ex Texas A and M and Alabama. It's like this is a team that it's beat you, like yeah, it's going down. <laughs> We're trying to make a trip there, so I need Paige to go ahead and, and make sure we can get there because that's a game that I need to be at, right? The energy in that stadium is gonna be unreal. And now, it, to me, it's like, okay, you're really it's, – it's like putting, you know, putting kind of some more pressure on your own team, right? And these guys are going here and make sure that they win this game because if they lose this game and if Texas A&M is playing up to the par that we believe they can play up to, especially with their recruiting class, and now y'all in the battle where it's like, okay, whoever wins this makes it to the SEC championship, whatever, whatever, then it's like, okay, we really got to win this game. Like, there's no, we can, there's no way we can lose this game as Alabama missed out in the SEC championship and then say, well, you know, playoff committee, we still want to be in the playoffs. Like, no, that's not going, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? So I think for him, he's going to just, you know, walk, he's already walked it back, but just eat the comments and he's going to move on. He's going to be questioned about it as we get closer into the season and everything, especially the week of that game, he's going to be definitely questioned about it consistently and on a regular basis. But right now I think with him, he's just got to, Eat, eat this thing and just let it go. Like, don't go back and double down. Don't don't say nothing else. Just let it go. Same thing. I, I feel like he should take the advice he would give a, a player. Like, okay, you said this. It was a mistake. Like, that wasn't quote unquote, you know, that, the word intent. Like, that, that's not what I meant. That's not what I intended to say. But you said it. So it's like, okay, just let it go. You don't have to bring it back up if they ask. You can answer it in the short form or you can just say next question because you're Nick Saban. You can, I mean, what, a couple years ago, he, they're asking you on the after a game about who you're starting to, are you starting a two or Jalen Hurts? And he made that famous quote, like, I'm, you want me to, you want me to pick a side? I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Like, he's like, oh, ESPN. And it was just like, okay, Nick, like, it's fine. You know what I mean? So you can control your own press conferences because you have that ability, right? So I think that's kind of where I am with him is just, Take the advice you would give to a player, man. Yeah, I, so this is what Nick messed up. He made a person, I mean, a public From thing. He made he a personal thing public. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. He made a personal thing public. And that's what he messed up at because you, you can tell that, you know, he's talked about this already, right? Like he's mentioned, we've had other um, press conferences and news clippings that we've read or heard that, you know, Nick Saban talked about NIL and how it's ruining college football, right? But I think this time, and whether it's he got comfortable or something that's really bothering him because it was personal, right? And he decided to make it public. He mentioned names, and 
you can tell that it was personal because of Jimbo's response, right? Mm-hmm. When Jimbo responded, he went personally back at Nick Saban. Yeah. And it was like, this guy, what, what is it? Did this guy think he's God or he's your greatest of all time? And, you know, you you know it's personal when people are denying the, the truth, right? Like, yeah. Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time, right? But Jimbo's so pissed off that he's not he's not agreeing to that, right? <laughs> Nick Saban has six, seven, eight championships. And then you also know it's personal because of this. Texas and them went, what, seven and five, eight and four eight last and four. year? They went eight and four last year. They beat y'all. Um, and and they had the number one recruiting rec- recruiting class. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Alabama, right, y'all went to the national championship. I think y'all lost, what, one, one game last year? You had a bevy amount of draft picks. And Nick Saban, like, you have six, seven championships. So why does – this bothers you so much, and it bothers you so much because it's personal. So mm-hmm. that's, I, I think Nick messed up, and he he let his emotions, uh, you know, get the best of him, and, and definitely he, he might have forgot that the mic was hot. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, and and our producer Chris Schubert, you know Chris Schubert, Shuby always told us when we're getting ready to go live, like guys, the mic is hot. Make sure you don't say nothing yeah. stupid. But that's that's kind of the same situation when I look at it as well, just from just a. You know, stepping back and looking at in the totality aspect, Nick Saban's sitting there and it's like, okay, you're. It felt like he was also like sending out a warning, almost like, okay, y'all want to do this? You want to start? You know, since it's legal, y'all want to pay players and you know do whatever? Like I can do the same thing. You, I I wanted to, and that's what I wanted to get from you. Was the vibe that you got from that was that Nick Saban was going to turn it up? To a whole yeah. Level. yeah, absolutely. I feel like this was a warning shot. Like, okay, <laughs> y'all think <laughs> you think you know how much money I was kicking out under the table. Now, yeah. when the table, when you can actually see the table, you're gonna you're gonna know what I'm doing, right? You know, and I think the, the, I'm gonna tell you, and I wanted to bring this up. The one thing I was I was shocked not to hear was I was shocked he didn't bring up USC with Lincoln Riley over there, who mm-hmm. just secured. The oh, reigning Blitnikoff winner Jordan Addison to join USC's high powered offense. But that's to my point that it's not personal with Lincoln Right, Riley. yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. It's not personal. And I was sitting there, I was like, okay, you got an issue NIL. And the first thing that came out when Jordan Addison hit the portal was that USC offered this man like a six figure deal. Um, or, or was it no three? I think it like three million, uh, yeah. a six figure home and a car. For him to live in in LA, so it's like if you're complaining about anything in NIL, that's what you're probably going to start complaining about. Is like when you have you're trying to go to California and pull one of their top recruits, and they're like, "Okay, I could come play at Alabama, but USC is prominent again, and I get to stay home in LA and get top tier NIL money in LA, and they're going to give me a home in LA." Like so, it's like that. Like you said, it's not it's not personal. That's why I wasn't brought up. But that's kind of something that I, I look. That's why I said I don't want him to to to. I don't want him to come back to this at any time, any point, <laughs> because that's what I feel like it would hit next. Is like okay, you especially you think about next offseason, top a, a talented player enters the portal, and they're like, okay, my 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 top two options are Alabama and USC, and it's like I'm going to the Trojans, and then the, then the news breaks that this kid was offered just unreal money and this and that, all these different perks. And then we're going to see Nick Saban pissed off again 
emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just lost out on the, on, on the quarterback because, you know, Lincoln Riley. And like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want him to ever come back to this discussion unless he's coming back with a handwritten script. So he knows he needs to stay on task and stay on script. But like I said, man, just this entire thing, it, it was emotional. It broke code. It was out of frustration. It was out of anger. It, it, you know, just not, it, like I said, not adapting, not being used to this, right? Mm-hmm. We, we we have this, his crazy, as talent evaluators, we have this same type of thing with prospects, right? When you have a guy that has won so much, like a quarterback, he's won so much in college, how is he going to handle when he gets to the NFL and you're drafted to a bad team? And it's like, well, we went two and you know, two and 16 or two and 50, whatever the, the, you know, the a record is we lost majority of our games. Like, how do you handle that? How do you pivot? Do you go into the off season revved up, fired up and, and, and leading the team? Or are you, in, you know, I'm a millionaire. This sucks. You're unhappy, your body language. And that's kind of how, how I look at it with Nick Saban. You have been on this tirade even before NIL really. Cause I remember if I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, him and him and uh, not Jimbo, but him and um, at Clemson, Jeez. Uh, Dabble. Him and Dabble have been against, I think, the transfer portal and NIL from the jump, right? Because it's all about, at the end of the day, you want to talk about parity? This, Like you said, this creates parity. When these boosters from these other schools can say, you know what, young man, I can now, because the, the part about it is as well that we, I think we all need to be honest about it. These other schools have had the, the money to spend, right? But it's more so it seemed like a lot of them were, you know, when it's not legal, when it was illegal, they were afraid to mess with that, right? Because the mm-hmm. NCAA has came back, think about what they did with USC and, and, and Reggie Bush, right? Take, you know, it took his Heisman away because someone paid for his lunch or something stupid like that. You know, back in the day, that's why everybody was like, well, NIL is legal now. Give Reggie back his Heisman, which I'm completely for that. Give that man, he earned that. So it's like, that's kind of the situation that I'm looking at. It's just like, all right, man, at the end of the day, Everything that is going on, like it's an even playing field now. Texas can go and call up a guy that is a is the top recruit in the nation. And say, listen, we can match anybody's offer. We got oil money, <laughs> like we it's Texas. We got long money. We can do whatever we need to do. Whatever you want, we can go ahead and match that. And now it's like Nick Saban's like, okay, now I gotta go to the boosters and put pressure. And say, I need more. Like you guys have been doing so much over the past couple of years, unknown. Now I need more out in the light and that's kind of where i think his frustration is yeah no i agree man it's it just simply put um recruiting battles and in, in this recruiting cycle um jimbo beat him jimbo beat him because he 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 altered he played by the rules and i think nick is just sitting there saying man well i, I would have won if i had did it like this right it's, it's it's one of those right like he's at the end of the day he's being a, a sore loser about losing yeah. those recruiting battles that's all it comes down to but, man, I think this is just a reflection of college football as a whole, right, because recruiting and NIL is now a part of it. Man, so it, that's why it makes it, it makes what we do so exciting because yeah. there's so many different angles, and this NIL slash recruiting thing has just added a whole nother layer to, I mean, you know, college football that's already top-notch and premier and elite at, at the, you know, just the production and just what they produce. So, man, I, I thought this was great just, you know, being able to knock the top off of this and, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. No, for sure. I mean, we've talked, we've said this multiple times. The transfer portal is essentially free agency. 
But when you when you add NIL in now, it truly is free agency. Because what does free, what happens in NFL free agency or professional sports free agency? Top dollar is really what, what pulls in the, those guys, right? So it's like okay, unless a dude wants to take less to go play with a stacked team and win a championship, sure. But typically, if I hit the market and I'm in my prime. I want all the money. Give me all the coins, every bit of the cash. So that's what it is right now in college football. Like you said, Nick Saban is truly, Nick Saban is truly just kind of taking this thing as a sore loser. He's like that that you playing two K with your friend. He's like, man, my control didn't go down. I would have won. You know, what I mean, I would have hit the buzzer beater, but it's like, but you didn't. So you know, like I said, I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited for the season, man, because now this just creates more and more. You know, uh, anticipation and, uh, and excitement for the season because it's going to be a really good season overall. And man, you know, you talking about you know everything that's going on. We, we we're going to see exactly where their heads at because they're going to be tested early. Alabama facing off with Texas early in the season. Hey, like Tio said, get your popcorn ready. Man. Another former assistant. Yep, another former <laughs> assistant. Legit, a recent one at that. So, man. Bro, it's been a, it was a fun show. This was a great topic. Uh, appreciate Nick Saban for giving us this material. Oh, you know what I'm saying? He's the, he's the, he's the goat for a reason. He's the goat yeah. for a reason. You gotta stir. You gotta stir the pot sometimes. You, the uh, the news cycle for college football was kind of slow. He understood that, right? He had to put he had to put college football on his back. And, NFL and, chilling yeah. right now. The draft's over. Yeah. The <laughs> schedule release is done, and everybody's like, "Man, it's just NBA playoffs right now." Nick Saban said, uh, "Hold my beer," you know, or in Alabama, "Hold my moonshine." So yeah. you know, it is what it is. But as always, guys, I'm Damian Parson. Man, uh, we thank you guys so much for all the all the love and support. Again, shout out to our guys over at Bet Online. We're talking about so much money, guys. Go to Bet Online and let's make some money with some of these bets. Uh, you know, NBA playoffs is still going on right now. Go put your money in. And uh, like I said, man, I'm Damian Parson. That's Keith Sanchez. Keith, what's the slogan, baby? Remember, baby, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.